0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Top Docs Radio, brought to you by Hyperbaric Physicians of Georgia, a comprehensive wound resolution, and UHMS-accredited hyperbaric medicine practice, with four offices to serve you. Find us on the web at www.hbomdga.com, Facebook and Twitter at HBOMDGA. Good afternoon, everyone. It's your host, C.W. Hall. Thanks for making Top Docs Radio a part of your afternoon today. Joined, as always, on the board with producer Krista Baruti. You stumbled on my name again. I didn't. Uh, it's just a... It's this just guy. It's like I'm not here every week or something. I'm just creating some dramatic effect with a, yeah, you know, dun, with dun, a dun, William dun. Shatner-esque pause. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Building tension. We got some good guests. Who do we have
1: in the studio today? Well,
0: we're going to be talking about a problem that uh, affects, you know, in, as we were talking before the show, as many as 50 million people in the country. That's roughly one in six close to that. Um, chronic sinusitis and here in the south uh, we're kind of prone to it uh, as I was learning uh, talking to one of our guests Dr. Andrew Puglisi who's joined us on the show in the past from infectious disease consultants thank you for joining us again Dr. Puglisi thank you. and then, of course his colleague Dr. Courtney French of ENT Institute.
2: Well, thanks good to be here.
0: Well let's get down to it because uh, obviously it's a serious problem but um, you know it's one that has you know a broad spectrum of causes but there's several that we've kind of identified that tend to be kind of the bad guys all the time and and since we talked last it sounds like there's been some kind of you know progress with regards to how we can get down and identify more closely uh, what is causing the problem so let's talk a little bit about chronic sinusitis and, and get into kind of how we find out what's what what's causing it for a given person
1: well, uh, one of the things that's always been concerning to me here, especially in the southeast, is what role does allergic fungal sinusitis play in uh, many of the patients that we see with chronic sinusitis. Um, one of the difficulties that has always been in uh, making the diagnosis of allergic fungal sinusitis was the uh, inability to uh, actually culture mm-hmm. fungus from the sinus cavities, Um Numerous times, uh, uh, ENTs would go in culture, the sinuses, they would see purulent material in there, send it off for culture, both for bacterial and uh, fungus, and it would come back no growth. And Um, that's
0: always been the thing in the medical community is we've got to have a test that says, that's what this is. This is XYZ organism, particularly when we're talking about some sort of infectious process. We want to have a Petri dish that grows it out but Certainly. that's not necessarily easy to do when we're talking about the organism that's causing our problem being a mold or fungal related organism is that
2: right correct correct uh, you know i'll say i mean you know i've seen it myself i've gone in uh, operatively and removed you know gross fungal hyphae i mean you can see uh you know that literally the mushrooms fungus are growing in, no. in i mean <laughs> <laughs> you know pretty close and you know so there's really no question visually you know looking at it just uh uh in, intraoperatively through the scope and you take this out and uh and then you send it for culture and it comes back no growth and so it's just extremely frustrating because you know on these particularly difficult cases uh you know uh, dr Pagliesi and i work together and he provides the uh you know, antimicrobial therapy. And so I don't, uh, you know, have anything to give him to go on. Right. So, um, you know, we've been working uh, with a company that's uh, developed some additional uh, ways of determining with more accuracy and reliability what's happening inside the nose.
0: I was on your website, uh, Dr. Paglisi and you have the the sinus blog and sinusblog.com, right? Right. And uh, there's some excellent information there you know across the board you know with a variety of things that can help folks improve their state of health but one of the you know topics that you spend some time on is sinusitis and and um, you know you mentioned in one of your recent posts talking about dna and and some some tests that kind of actually get down and identify it specifically what you're yeah. dealing with so tell, yeah. tell me about that
1: yeah it's uh called dna sequencing and um uh, a lot of people are familiar with or have heard pcr um which is one type of dna analysis that can be done uh the difference between dna sequencing and pcr is that a pcr works off a template so in other words if you want to try and identify organism a you have to have the template for organism a and then you can amplify the dna off of that mm-hmm. for a, a disease like hiv it revolutionized our care for it because we were able to actually see how much HIV virus was in the human body at one given time. But you could actually quantify it at that point. Exactly. The the problem is, is that when you have over 13,000 different organisms out there, you can't create a template for all the organisms. (laughs) Uh, DNA sequencing works different, and I apologize for not knowing more about it. I'm going to be learning about this uh, in the next several weeks because I'm actually going to go to the laboratory. But they're able to amplify whatever DNA material we get. they get from the sample. Once they have that DNA amplification, then they can match it up with the National Data Bank on all of these organisms. And from that, they can identify the, the mi- microbial organism, be it fungus, virus, or bacteria.
0: And so then from there, obviously, then you're able to then get very specific about what you have to do medicinally exactly. to clear the body. Can, I mean, if, if, it's, right. if it's determined that that the organism that's causing this problem for, for somebody is a fungus, for example, mm-hmm. are you able to get rid of it?
1: Yeah. Um, kind of interesting because this has segued into something else and just what kind of sophisticated bacterial or microbi- uh, microbi- microbiological milieu we're dealing with. I mean, these biofilms that are being created in these chronic infections are very, very sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I mean, it's actually like forming a wall. Yeah, it's like a shield, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, it has made the medical management very difficult when you want to use a more rudimentary type of therapeutics like, you know, some oral antibiotics or an oral antifungal. Uh, you may not be able to break through all of that. Um, yeah, and the more complex these biofilms are, the harder it is to get rid of.
0: So. We're, we're talking with infectious disease specialist, Dr. Andrew Perglisi and Dr. Courtney French, uh, ear, nose and throat specialist. Uh, before, you know, before we go too far into yeah. treating and, and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. let's back up for a minute and just kind of identify for folks what we're talking about here when we when someone's dealing with sinusitis I mean obviously there's a continuum of severity but I mean what what is the impact on somebody's daily life if if they're one of these patients talk a little bit about what they're experiencing and and what brings them to you finally
2: yes well uh like you said it's a it's a range of things I mean sometimes you know an acute sinusitis I mean it's very limited they might get you know once every year once every other year um and then get some antibiotics and you're good in a a week or so and you go on about your way. But what we're finding is that more and more people are reaching the other end of that spectrum. And these people have come in and they've had multiple surgeries. They've had antibiotics, you know, multiple times, like every, even every month or every other month and extended courses of antibiotics. And they continue to uh, experience these symptoms. They're not able to breathe. They can't smell. They're energy level is down Um, you know they just generally feel extremely fatigued and very poorly just like they are they're very just sick uh, you know and they never really uh, get past that and so uh, what we've been looking at is like uh, patients that uh, develop this they come to us and they're like you know we've been to you know XYZ we've been through all of these treatments and nothing's worked and so this has kind of led us to look, well, what else can we do for these people? Um, And then that's kind of led into what Dr. Puglisi was referring to is like, well, let's look at some underlying causes that we may be missing. And, you know, once we got this uh, technology with DNA sequencing, we're seeing that, okay, all of these patients that might've been on antibiotics, well, we're clearing up some bacteria, but we're leaving fungus behind Mm -hmm. and chronic sinusitis, it's really more of an inflammatory process than anything else. I mean, it is infectious, but it's the inflammation caused by these things that causes generally all the problems. It creates nasal polyps. It creates, you know, pain. It creates, uh, you know, uh, blockage of the sinus passageways that can require surgery. And so, you know, what we're trying to do is develop ways to. Um, to really get to the bottom of this so that we can understand this disease process better
0: with the you know the the evolution of the testing that we do to identify mm-hmm. what's causing the problem, are you finding that with the ability to get specific with the types of medicins medicines that we're giving for a patient that that you're able to reduce the the amount of time this, that you're having to do surgery on people are you able to actually be more effective where you're not you, you know s- similar to other illnesses where you're able to get something fixed without such you know more severe types of treatments
1: we uh, courtney and i you know in all the work we've done we've seen that um even if we can't reduce surgery at least we can make the surgical outcome better uh. by uh aggressively treating the infection prior to the surgery um, again you know Courtney is right usually what starts the ball rolling is the inflammatory process however with all that inflammation and your sinus cavity already colonized with bacteria uh, it's pretty understandable how you go and develop a secondary bacterial infection on top of this so now mm-hmm. you have two things to be concerned with you have a fungal inflammatory process, and a secondary bacterial uh, infection to contend with up in your sinus cavities. Uh, In many of these instances, if that infection is not controlled prior to surgery, surgery could be pretty
2: much more difficult yes. <laughs> and mm-hmm. yeah. dangerous for the patient in right. many cases because of the uh, amount of inflammation and bleeding associated yeah. with it.
0: You know, I mm. think it'd be easy for folks to, you know, hear what we're talking about today and go, "Oh, that's not a, not a big deal." But from what I understand, I was as I was reading through a couple of your pieces on the blog, Dr. Puglisi, there was a there's one that you referenced um, you know, tied to written by another ENT here locally. Um, that talked about some of the other types of things that you can begin to have problems with, you know, problems with joints and, uh, you know, uh, arthritic type symptoms and mm-hmm. other things that you can begin to experience. And I guess, it, you know, most of them that were listed there were kind of along the lines of what you're talking about, dealing with inflammation. So apparently, right. you know, it, it, it focused on um, mycotoxins, you know, the, the products that are produced by the uh, fungal infection. So apparently you can start getting actual systemic through the body kinds of, uh, you know, responses to having one of these fungal infections. So if you don't get it treated, don't get it identified, you can actually start just feeling generally poor and having other problems outside of, I can't breathe through my nose, or I'm always getting these sinus infections. Is that right?
2: Absolutely. Yes. And you know, that's kind of going back to what I mean. These people just feel fatigued and and it's very sick. Uh, And, uh, you know, they just don't feel, I hear it all the time. It's like, I just don't feel myself. And, um, and, it said I was okay for years, and then suddenly I have no energy. I can't get up in the morning. You know, I feel like I'll just want to lay in bed all the time. I mean, and it just perpetuates this problem. And I do think you know you're right. It's a it's a systemic problem. It, it becomes a systemic problem at that point.
0: Well, when we, when we bring somebody in and they go through the process of identification, obviously the DNA sequencing is a mm-hmm. thing that we'll do now. Is I assume that's a blood test that we do. No, or no. it's actually, you just actually do a swab it, and do swab, it that way.
1: Yeah, from the either maxillary frontals uh, uh, depending on the severity and what i'm seeing up there sometimes i can get the samples easily uh, but a lot of times uh, you know and since courtney and i work in the same office We have that advantage, and uh, so it's know. one appointment. I can go in,
0: I can see both specialists in the same same visit. You guys literally t- tag, we, tag team. Literally we,
1: we we do quite a bit of that. We are managing so many patients together right now. And again, because of the complexity of chronic sinusitis, it really does take in a multidisciplinary approach. Curious, um, how long does most of
0: your average patient who comes to you for you know for evaluation here on on this particular problem? How long have they usually been dealing with it before they get to you?
2: Years. I would say years. Yeah, it's very rare to see somebody that just has the occasional problem. By the time they get to us, it's generally pretty bad.
0: Is there a typical kind of misdiagnosis, if you will, or a, you know? A- Thought that, oh, it's just this, it's just that, or that I would assume allergies is probably the big one that people throw about. Just got yes, allergies.
2: Um, that's true. And, uh, you know, what I see a lot is, you know, somebody with chronic nasal congestion and they've been treated with antibiotics or, or allergy medicines. And in fact, they've had allergic fungal sinus sinusitis to the point that it's caused nasal polyps. And so they don't understand why their voice has changed, they've lost their sense of smell, but nobody's actually looked in the nose with like fiber optic uh, uh, evaluation to see if there are nasal polyps up there and we look up there and it's like well no wonder you have this problem you know your nose is full of these polyps and then it kind of leads us to you know getting the uh, getting to the bottom of it and and many times I would say uh, allergic fungal sinusitis is the cause.
0: Being somebody that has a hard time right now, as we talked about pre-show, uh, breathing through my nose, it makes me a little squeamish and nervous to think about what's the process like <laughs> when I come and see you. What what is it like? What what are you going to do to visualize? You know, within the you know nose and sinus passage, what's that experience like? What can I expect?
2: Oh yeah, it's it's actually pretty easy to uh, do. Um, I you know, like of that. Of course, we come in <laughs> <laughs> it makes it easy. It, it's scarier. It looks more. Uh, <laughs> more concerning than it is um, but you know we get a history you know see what you've been through all the different things that you've tried and that kind of gives me an idea and then you know looking at uh, you know what um, what treatments you've been through kind of gives me uh, a direction to go a little bit but um, then at the actual just looking inside the nose we use a little topical decongestant and anesthetic Uh, And just spray that inside uh, the nose give it a few minutes and then use the tip of a four millimeter uh, fiber optic endoscope and I can look around inside the nose you can usually diagnose polyps I can see if there's you know fungal debris in some cases Uh, you can see if there's you know pus or purulence that's uh, draining from the natural openings of the sinuses and sometimes I can get the uh, 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 get the test uh, get the cells for the DNA sequencing right there and uh, then Generally, if you've had the problem for a long time, you've been on antibiotics, we get a CAT scan of the sinus. The CT scan shows outside the nasal passageway in the sinuses, what we call the paranasal sinuses, and that gives us more detailed evaluation of that. And, um, and putting all of that together uh, kind of gives me a, a good picture of which way we need to go. So if you
0: if you went in and visualized you found some polyps things like that mm-hmm. then you're going to at that point you're going to recommend a CT scan.
2: Uh, yes actually if you you know you'll if you've never been on antibiotics or you know steroids and all that we'll we'll start with some basic uh, you know medical therapy but most of the people that I see with this like uh-huh. I said they've already been through that. So I'll get a CT scan eventually we'll get to allergy testing and then I'll try and get uh, a swab for the DNA sequencing. And we try and put all of those things together. How
0: long to process is this once we start, you know, inter- interacting and, and trying to figure out what exactly is are we dealing with here? How long does it usually take over a course of time?
1: The DNA sequencing takes about uh, a week to get the all the... Uh, level 1 and level 2 analysis. The level 1 will pick up more of the more typical bacteria, but none of the fungus, really. And then the level 2 will pick up everything else that is found there, giving you a percentage of the uh, bacterial composition. In other words, you may have 30% of what we find up there may be Staph aureus, and then another 30% may be Pseudomonas, and then there may be a bunch of other esoteric organisms in there that though they may not be high in percentage uh they're very virulent and can cause a lot of problems and again depending on the virulence behind some of these organisms you know how do they contribute to that biofilm in making it harder to get through and all of that stuff
0: so when the underlying problem is related to a fungus or a, mm-hmm. a mold of some kind what's the treatment like in that kind of case? Is it, um, you know, s- still antibiotics that are, is it an antibiotic-type medication that's aimed, I guess, just in a, at a fungus then? Is that how it works? Well,
1: it, you said if it is due to this, uh, we've tried different approaches depending on just how severe the disease is. I mean, if the patient is just completely impacted with polyps and swollen and everything like that, we and Courtney and I have several cases right now, Uh, The step approach would be, let's get them on intravenous antibiotics and antifungals. Hmm. Uh, And especially in cases, um, one in particular, where we're actually seeing bony erosion in the sinus cavities. Hmm. So you know, orals are not gonna work in this case. Get that infection under uh, control. In the meantime, we're gathering our data to see exactly what organisms are involved in there. Then once that infection is under control, and surgery comes in where we clean up the mess and then continue antibiotics afterwards. And then once we stop with the systemic antibiotics, then start using topicals, either through some sort of a nebulizer, spiral wash, and some of the stuff that we're doing right now with some of our more refractory cases is actually direct application of a gel into the maxillary sinuses tailored to the individual based on what we find from the DNA sequencing wow yeah it it's really exciting stuff that we're doing right now and Courtney and I I think are the only ones that are doing it this way and uh we're looking to hopefully within the next few months have enough data to publish
0: oh that's Mm -hmm. great be able to put it out in the literature and really kind of accelerate the rate that yeah folks start getting better
1: yeah Mm -hmm. we we've got a couple of other um studies in the, in the fire, source to speak, that we want to try and get written up within the next few months. Well, you know, I, I, it, it's
2: one
0: of those things that it seems so innocuous when you talk about sinusitis, it's, it just seems like it would be so easy to kind of, uh, it's no big deal, but I, I, I assume that uh, it's one of those things that, over time, you probably just get tired of your quality of life being disrupted. It's one of those things that you know. I would assume that it you know can be one of the the, the types of folks that ends up you know with a CPAP machine, for example, thinking that they have obstructive uh, sleep apnea, for example. Is that one of those things that kind of comes into play? And I presume that it probably doesn't work all that great for somebody that has polyps and all of that. Well,
1: if they're if they're if they're impacted with polyps, yeah, right. <laughs> CPAP it's going to yeah. be actually. If we do have somebody with really nasty. Uh, chronic sinusitis and numerous polyps and we are concerned about sleep apnea well you know we want to take care of the sinus issue before we even start trying to treat the the uh, sleep apnea because we know the parameters there are going to change drastically you know before and after uh, sinus surgery well,
0: since we're fortunate to have a couple of
1: specialists in our community that you
0: know have access to these types of tools and techniques to get us better, um, get the causative organism taken care of and maybe get us back towards you know life before the infection, well, tell me about that side of things. Whenever I go through, you know I engage with you, we, we diagnose what the problem is, uh, you know, either either medicines or com- combination of medicines and some surgery. Uh, get folks out the other side of treatment what is life like after that does it does it how close to life before your sinusitis problems developed can you get
2: well I think you can get actually very close I mean it's uh if you get to the disease to the point where it's you can manage it and uh it doesn't you know I think there's a misconception that it goes away because your body I mean Granted, uh, acute sinusitis, yes, but these patients that we're talking about, in more severe cases, um, it's you know it's part of them. I mean, they if they are exposed to mold or you know it's just going to come back. And so what we find is that we have a lot of patients that have gone through this and these topical uh, therapies that Dr. Pagliesi was referring to. We have some patients on just a low level. Um, maintenance dose a couple of times a week they spray this uh, antifungal antibacterial combination in the nose and they go about their daily lives like it's not not a problem Um, when we generally run into problems when they stop everything and think that you know it's all going to go away and then things start to snowball and eventually they come back but the ones that are very compliant with both allergy therapy make sure uh, making sure that that's under control whether it's through uh, like allergy shots and then the topical uh, sinus therapy, the combination of those two, we've had excellent success with uh, long-term uh, you know, maintenance and just pretty much leading a normal life.
0: As, as we were getting set up on our on our show today, I, I know that you've got cases you've got to get back to. Of course, the physicians that come and share their information with us are always taking time out of a busy schedule, so I'll try to get you back mm-hmm. to your office as soon as I can here real quick. But... When it comes to your home environment, because obviously that comes into play, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm sure that in in many cases, or for most of us, probably that that are dealing with an issue like this, if it's fungal related, how do you deal with that aspect of it to keep it from you know, you got to live there. So how do you get well, your environment you know yeah. better so that you're not constantly you know being overdosed with?
1: Well, one of that. our other colleagues, Ernie Riley, um, him and I have actually talked about this, and we're like almost to the point where we're going to purchase through Amazon or something uh, blood auger plates to give to patients to test the home environment to see if there is a mold issue in it. Um, I do ask a lot of questions about that, the home environment, or more importantly, the workplace, because it may not be home. It may be Mm -hmm. the workplace, Uh, especially if you're working in an older building where there may be water damage. Uh, You know, People will come and tell you, I'm sick at work, uh, which your employer doesn't want to hear. Of course, of course. But, uh, yeah, uh, but it. But there's a lot of truth to it. Um, but y- you know, there are things that you can do in the house before you start trying to do thousands of dollars of mold remediation. If you have older carpet, so, so you know, get rid of the older carpet. Get rid of the the padding underneath maybe you want to go to hardwood floors i know that could be expensive but um but if that carpet is old it's going to hold on to a lot of mold if you feel like your house is not well sealed and there is a moisture problem dehumidifiers can be very helpful um if you have a basement that you always have a musty smelling uh, get yeah. a get A dehumidifier down there, and if you're emptying it quite a bit, you may have to bring in somebody to take a look at the foundation and see if there's something wrong there. Um, Get your ducts cleaned on on an annual basis, you know, using one of the companies. So that's
0: actually really effective. It is. not just some dudes coming in and selling (laughs) you, you know, oh, yeah, we cleaned your ducts. You're good to go.
1: Yeah, no, you got, yeah, I mean, you have the (laughs) filters. Change the filters on a regular basis. Um, You know, all of these things. If you have pets... Pets are not, you know. Am I asking, well, you have a pet? Yeah, I have a dog. Okay, does the dog go outside? Yeah. Dog rolls around in the grass? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. You know, that dog is now going to come back into the house, and all those mold spores and pollen particles are going to be on them, and he's going to shake, or she's going to shake them off, and just everything all over, and, you know, it can make you symptomatic. Um, Even, you know, I have a lot of patients that enjoy the outdoors, and they do gardening. They do yard work. They really enjoy it. Well, you know, how many times Dr. French and I have both heard this story? Oh, yeah, I was weeding this weekend or I was taking out some dead blood. And now, you know, I'm all inflamed. I'm coughing. I'm hacking. I'm wheezing. Okay. Well, we don't want our patients to stop doing the things they love. Right. So it's like, well, what can you do to make it better? Well, for some people, we tell them, if you're going to do yard work, use a mask. Um, So one of those
0: simple, you know,
1: uh, I, I kind of recommend the good 3M masks, okay. you know, something that you would see in, I mean, using in industrial. Uh,
0: mm, not like mm. you saw people walking around yeah. in Asia when the bird right, flu was right. going on, right, a little exactly. cloth yeah. or no, a foam. You've it so got to actually much. wear a, a, a breather yeah. Yeah. of yeah. some kind.
1: Use that, and then once you finish your outdoor activities, this is what I believe is really key. Whatever you got on, in the hamper. Go take a shower. Rinse your nasal passages out with saline. Mm-hmm. Wash your hair. That is really super important uh, because, again, your hair is going to be like a magnet. It's going to absorb all the mold spores and pollen and all this stuff. So then if you go to sleep at night, guess what? You're just inoculating yourself because it's on your pillow, and <laughs> you roll over, and you're just woofing all this stuff up there. So,
0: I feel like I want to go run screaming from the southeast now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's everywhere. <Yeah>. It's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but it is i guess that's the fact well
1: you know again coming from the northeast uh nearly 20 years ago and like you know i'm seeing all these sinusitis cases and i'm like in you know again this is this is not something i just started yesterday i mean literally i've been doing this for 18 years seeing you know patients with recurrent chronic sinusitis i do remember when i went back to my fellowship and ran into the assistant director of my program and I said oh yeah I'm doing a lot of work with chronic sinusitis and she looked at me and said that's a real disease
0: Uh, I can understand I mean (laughs) you know know, it's yeah well you're oh you're stuffy all the time yeah yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know and and then if you see some of the cat scans him and I have seen I mean they're just like oh my god you know several years back we had a young man because of the polyps is actually his left eye was bulging out because of the nasal polyps Mm -hmm
2: eroding into the brain yeah i mean it's it can really get out of control yeah that's pretty crazy yeah
1: yeah. so you know and again this was a classic case of somebody who grew up in the northeast never had sinus problems moved down here and then within two years of being down here it wasn't the fact that he he, he said yeah i know i'm stuffy and everything but that's not what sent him to the doctor it was when people that he knew were saying left eye is bulging out you need to go to the doctor
0: <laughs> wow so he, he he was able to just deal with the stuffiness but it was just yeah. when it, all yeah. of a sudden now he's kind of yeah, he gene like wilder a, yeah <laughs> uh, marty fellman yeah uh, maybe uh, yeah that's it yeah, marty yeah. feldman yeah. Uh, he, gene wilder's partner I guess. yeah um but uh you know that's kind of strange that you would be able to tolerate your your face changing over time never really think maybe it's it, it, just it's me a, just yes. getting older just my inch, eyes bugging okay. out know, and, you know. and
1: that's also part of the problem when we're dealing with insidious uh uh diseases like chronic sinusitis you know everybody's got a different break point where they cross that lo- level of tolerance you know you're tolerating you're tolerating you're tolerating then all of a sudden you get to this point like oh my i can't deal with this anymore right this something just happened no it's been building and then all yes hello yeah. 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 So, that's my story so. Uh, who do you have to call to get them to make an appointment? That's right. I mean, I'm just yeah, like, you're uh, going after CW. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, so now that
0: I find myself thinking about it on an almost <laughs> daily basis, I'm like, hmm, I just need to break down and go see one of these fellas. Yeah. So, you know, um, obviously you have your your website. Yeah. Uh, talk about your resources that you have online where you have information available for folks that they can get uh, linked up and, and get some extra uh, information. It, it,
1: the name is going to change in uh, um, uh, the near future. Right now it's sinus blogmd at blogspot.com, and uh, I have a number of articles out Mm -hmm. there, uh, but I've branched out into different aspects of medicine. I hate to use the word, but it is true. It's holistic. I mean, we look to treat the whole body, Yeah. uh, just like we do with chronic sinusitis. There are multiple factors that come into this. Yeah, when you
0: talked about the diet side of things on the blog, and you mentioned the fact that when you Mm -hmm. consume a lot of carbohydrates, for Mm -hmm. example, those types of things end up, the sugars from those foods end up... Mm -hmm propelling along the yeah. organisms that are feasting on us already okay. and they get all happy and excited and yeah. do better
1: yeah, yeah so you got to be very careful about that so anyhow right now that's the that's where you can find me mm-hmm. uh but like i said in the near future uh we're changing the name just haven't figured out what to change it to yet
0: i know you're on twitter yes and uh, the show page is linked up with you, so yeah. folks can certainly link up with us and get cool. hooked up with you. What and, about uh, practice websites? Yes,
2: dot uh, entinstitute.com. Okay. And so that has all our uh, locations and, uh, you know, a lot of information there.
0: Anything First. parting, you know, that we want to leave the the listener with before we jump off and get you back to your practice for <laughs> your for your 345, yeah, I think no you said?
1: Problem. Um Just if you are experiencing sinus problems and you, you know, even if you don't, like you, Charles, or you're saying, eh, it's not that, you know, come and get evaluated. Come and see us. Uh, Let us see what's going on. You may have a lot of questions. What we also do, and I didn't mention this, we provide a lot of education. We want our patients to understand the disease process here. And I, because I truly believe that if the patient is educated, they can do more to help prevent it.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's certainly good to know that you can, you know, if you do finally seek out treatment, that you can actually get yourself back closer to where you were before right. you ever started dealing Absolutely. with all of this. That's that's kind of what I'm hoping for myself as well. So um Thank you both for <laughs> taking time out of Thank your busy you. schedules. We've been you know, familiar with you all for a long time, so we know that uh, your offices are both very, very busy, and, and so to have you take time and share information like this, we're certainly appreciative. Thank you, Thank you Krista, for pushing my buttons yes. yet again. <laughs> Another week. Come on, that's my line. Pushing my buttons. <laughs> Stealing my thunder. Yeah, see? Yeah, there you go. Now I'm getting credit for it. There you go. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't linked up with the show on social media, do so at Top Docs on BRX on both Twitter and Facebook. Um We'll have a podcast of the show up uh, later on, if not tonight, by tomorrow sometime. So that uh, if you uh, did, you know, have somebody out there that's in your life that didn't get to catch the show today, you'll be able to share that with them later. Get this this great information, and just make sure to link up with us next week, same time, same place. We'll see you then.